Hello, welcome to Saving Your Soul with Dolly. I'm Dolly Barker. I'm glad you tuned in today. I'm going to talk about something that makes me laugh because, you know, um, used to, years ago, everybody was, repent, repent. And um, in the last 10, 15 years, everybody got super seeker friendly and didn't want to ever say those words because that was such a turnoff for the world when you were trying to get people to come into the church. And so... Um, but the Lord started dealing with me about teaching on um, this repentance and um, the, the value of it. It's very, very empowering. It gives you a leg up that the world doesn't have. It's really an amazing strategic move for God's children. But it's been preached in such a negative way that who in the world would possibly want to participate in it or preach about it or anything else. And so... Um, I'm going to hopefully explain to you the way that God has showed it to me because I do believe that God wants to empower you. He's got plans for you. It's going to be incredible, and He wants you to make it to that next level. He wants you to take that mountain that you're attempting to take, and He wants to assist you to do that. Um, we'll be doing so good for a long period of time. All of a sudden, we hit a road bump, and it kind of knocks us off track, and then we don't understand. And then it's like, well, maybe God really didn't say that I was supposed to do that. Yes, he did say it. Yes, he did. You did not just dream that mess up on your own. God has huge plans for you. God wants you to be in charge of your industry and to run things. And so he wants you to be equipped with all the tools that are available in his arsenal. So I wanted to start over in Matthew 13. It's one of the parables. Um, Jesus is teaching. This is red letters. Um, another parable, um, verse 24 put forth he unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that sowed good seed in the field. But while the man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and then went his way. <clears throat> when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath, these, hath it tares? And he said unto him, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we should go and gather them up? And he said, Nay, lest when we gather them up, when we gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat that is with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And then in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. <clears throat> now, this is very powerful because what this is actually talking about is the production of the Word of God manifesting in your life. You sow the Word of God into your soul, into your heart, and it takes root, and it produces fruit. It produces trees, and those trees produce fruit. When all of a sudden, you just have an ability to walk in love with people that you don't even really like, but it doesn't even matter. You, you don't even, you're not even phased by that. That is fruit. When you have patients that are just unnatural, a normal person would just be blowing up and throwing a fit, that is fruit that is being produced because the Word of God is in your heart. You're in faith. You're, you're, you overcome the world and all the situations that the enemy tries to throw at you. And it is so amazing. But we're the ground, right? We're, we're made out of the dirt. Um, well, part of us is. And so we are always having things sown into our life. Um, whatever I sow into my life, I am going to produce it. And this is... This is the 
the powerful revelation about the law of sowing and reaping. You know, when Noah got off that boat over in Genesis 8 and he made that altar and sacrificed um, a gift to God, God said, you know, it was pleasing to him. And he said, I'm never again going to smite the whole earth for man's sake. Um, from now on, I'm going to institute seed time and harvest, winter and heat, you know, all these things. He put in the law of sowing and reaping. What happens now, he says, so that if a wicked man sows wicked seeds, he'll reap a wicked lifestyle. But if a righteous man sows righteous seeds, he'll reap a righteous lifestyle. And so for the most part, as a Christian, you're going along and you're trying to do everything right. And you're sowing a bunch of great seeds and the word of God is getting in you and the word of God is getting in you and it's producing trees and those trees are producing fruit. And it's supernatural. You know that you're better than you really are. But that's because it's the fruit that's being produced in your life. And it's really an empowering, amazing thing. But then we have those moments when we're stepping out and we're believing God for our harvest. What the thing you, you, you invested your faith in, you started getting the word, you started listening to those sermons and listening to those podcasts and sowing your seeds, not only the word of God in your life, but financial seeds. You started acting like it was, you maybe made a vision board. You started trying to practice quantum physics. All of a sudden you started instigating everything that you thought would be necessary in order to bring to pass the will of God for your life. That thing that calling, that position. Maybe you're going to buy some apartments or maybe you're going to start a company or maybe you're going to have a ministry or launch something. You know, whatever it is, you have a plan. And on your way, when you need to reap, when you're believing God for that breakthrough, for that money to come through so you can sign those papers, whatever it is, all of a sudden, a bunch of stuff happens. You get all stressed out, freaking out. This is going on, that's going on. You blow up, you throw a fit. And, and the next thing you know, the enemy's sitting there going, why should you have anything? Who do you think you are? Did God really say that? I mean, all of a sudden, all this trash comes into play. And a lot of people lose it right there. The children of Israel came out of horrible bondage like we did when we got born again. They're going across the desert, and God is trying to teach them, believe me and trust me today for your provision. Believe me and trust me today for your water. Believe me and trust me today for your healing. You know, he's trying to teach them all the way across the, the, the wilderness because he knows he's got a bunch of people with a slave mentality, and that's how we were. When we came out of the world system, if you were in the world very long, you had a slave mentality. You had a work hard, work hard, work hard, and don't expect much. And then if you did expect much and you put it all together, well, the rug gets ripped out from underneath you and bam, you lose it all. You know, we had this horrible slave mentality and we come into the kingdom of God and God is trying to take us in to possess a town or to possess, possess a city or to take over an, an industry, um, whatever, whatever it is that you're called to do. Here you are, you're trying to go in and possess the land that God's told you to possess and and you have all these problems. And where did they come from? Well, it's just like this story. Those were sown into your life. I want to I want to liberate you right now because people think, well, you know, 
they have an advantage over me. Well, they they got an easier go than I do. They're the right color. Well, they're the right education. Well, they're the right financial level. Well, they're popular and they have favor. Oh, well, they're... You know, he'll always help you focus on everybody else and why it's working for them and why it's not working for you. And but the Bible clearly tells us that God is no respecter of persons. So that doesn't hold any water. None of us, not one person on this planet, got to choose our starting point. And regardless of what your situation is, everybody has been brought under submission to the enemy and is in bondage and is enslaved and has a life of servitude to a hard taskmaster. And all of us have to have liberation from that. Everybody has to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus or they will never get their true breakthrough. And so God made it very simple. He, he put laws into effect. And he also made it to where every person's got the same advantage to get where you want to be. Now, let me explain this. Because the only person that can stop you, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican or, you know, Libertarian or whatever. It doesn't matter. The only person that can stop you from becoming the person that God ordained for you to be before the foundation of the world, he ordained you to be great. The only person that can stop you from doing that is you. Do you know that not even God himself can stop you from that? And here's why. Because God gave you a will. And if he makes you do it his way, well, then he's crossing your will. He won't allow anybody to exercise their situation over your will. They may try it, but I assure you, God will turn everything that they do around and go ahead and promote you and put you where you're supposed to be. Anyway, if you stay in faith, just like Joseph, here Joseph was sold into slavery, then got into a house where he's wrongly accused, and then he goes to jail, and then he's overlooked and forgotten about, and then when they finally bring him out, he goes straight into this position of the greatest authority. He was still on the journey. God was taking those situations where other people were trying to control his life, and he kept rising to the top. They didn't have the power to stop the will of God on Joseph's life because Joseph continued to stay in faith. And we can see that he was still in faith because even in prison, he was ministering to the other guys. He's saying, what's wrong? Why are you so down? He still had a good attitude. He still knew what God had showed him and believed that it was going to come to pass. He didn't know how and he didn't care. But he knew that it would come to pass. And a lot of times the enemy uses those things to try to completely blow you out of the water so that you'll quit. Because the only person that can defeat you is you. And you know, on one hand, that just really makes me angry. Because I don't want to take responsibility for the fact that if everything is going crazy in my life, that I allowed it or that I played a role in it. You know, several things happened to me as a child and growing up and in and, and different times in my life. And I can't even tell you what. I can't even tell you when. But I can tell you that there is proof in my life 
that I'm insecure. Now, who told me I was insecure? Who put that insecurity in me? When did that seed get sown into my garden? You know, there's been proof throughout my life that there's been times when maybe I'm jealous. Well, who put that in me? That didn't come from God. It's not my plan. There was an enemy out there also sowing seeds into your life. And maybe when you were really hurt, you know, when you were seven years old and you've got some relative telling you, you're just like your father and you're never going to amount to anything. Well, you know what? That was some seeds. And it probably came from somebody that you loved and trusted. So you received what they said. And now you have that thing growing in your life, an entire tree growing in your life that tells you no matter what you do, you will always fail. You'll always lose it. You won't ever make it. You know, it's always there screaming at you. And we get to thinking that, you know, that's the world screaming at us. The world don't care about you. I'm going to be honest with you. Most people are so self-involved. They're not even slightly thinking about you, not even sometimes temporarily. They're worried about themselves. And so what happens, though, we give the world all this power to do something to us or to control us when the power that's controlling us is inside our own soul. Those belief systems that were sown in us secretly, sneakily, when we were down, when we were hurt, when we were discouraged. You know, you feel lonely? How can you feel lonely? There's 7 billion people on the planet. But somewhere along the line, you bought the lie that nobody likes you and nobody wants to be around you and nobody has time for you. Nobody wants to hear you. You know, my mother used to make the whole car shut up and listen to Dolly. It's her turn to talk. I was the youngest kid and they'd all get to talking and I would be trying to share something and they would ignore me and just keep going. And I just felt so rejected. I had such a spirit of rejection on me. And mother would stop. Y'all, okay, quit now. Everybody be quiet. It's Dolly's turn to talk. Dolly, what did you want to say? And then when I was saying it, they're all sitting there looking at me with them, you know. And during those times, the enemy is sowing a seed in you. And we don't even know when he did it. You can't always tell. But it doesn't matter. The tree's growing there. And we know it's growing there because we have the fruit. Because we respond to situations in ways that we shouldn't respond. You know, all of a sudden, we get an opportunity and and we blow it. We self-sabotage or we self-destruct. Why? Because somewhere in the deep core being of ourselves, we believe that they're going to reject us. We believe that we're insignificant or that we're, we're going to blow it anyway if we make it. You know, we believe these things because those trees have been sown into our life. And, and, and the only person that can do something about it is you. The seeds have been sown in your life. Well, look at your skin color. You're never going to get a chance. They're always going to treat you bad because of your skin color. How many people are being held up and destroyed because of that? Well, you're a girl. You can't preach. You're a girl. You're not supposed to open your mouth. Oh. How many women? How many women? We have literally cut off half 
of the potential preachers in the world by religious doctrine when Jesus himself sent the woman at the well to go preach. And then he called her a prophet. If Jesus is sending out women as preachers, the rest of you are wrong. You know, whenever you, whenever you realize that something you believe doesn't line up with God, when he tells you that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous are his works, how can you possibly think that you are, have got some kind of big problem? When he tells you that he ordained you for the foundation of the world, how can you believe that you don't have an important purpose on your life? Because you've got the wrong trees growing in your life. Paul said, there's a war going off inside me. The war is going off inside of you. The war is not going off outside of you. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're wrestling against the enemy who's constantly working on sowing seeds into your garden that he can manipulate and that he can use. It's like big hooks. He puts a hook in you. And every time it suits his purpose, he yanks your chain and causes you to produce that fruit that's going to mess you up and take away this next level that you're trying to obtain. So you got to go around the mountain again. God don't want that to happen to you. In his infinite wisdom, his perfect brilliance, God is so brilliant. I love it. I love it. I love it. He's so much wiser than the enemy. And he knew what the enemy would do. And so he gave us a way out. He gave us a way to defeat the enemy. And that was called repentance. Uh, I think the definition in Strong's means to repent means that you missed the mark. But it's, it's not even that. You didn't miss the mark. But at some point in your life, you allowed the enemy to sow a seed in your life. You believed him, just like Eve. Did God really say that? Yes, yes, he did. But anyway, he waits for you to have a moment of weakness. And then he gets his seed in you. He gets his hook in you. And I want to set you free today. I want you to know that there is a way for you to break out of that situation and become victorious. Because God instituted something else just really wonderful. In Matthew 3, verse 10. Well, let me start up a little bit higher than that. Um, it says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees. Oh, I'm sorry. Matthew 3, 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to the baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who's warned you again to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. And think not to say within yourself, We have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God is able to raise up these stones to raise up children under Abraham. What he's saying there, the, when he's talking to religious people, a lot of times religious people think that repentance means, well, don't drink, don't smoke, don't cuss, don't be a homosexual, don't be... You know, they've got their little 10 or 15 laws that they think decide whether or not you're going to be okay or not. And that's just what the Old Testament tried. You know, I mean, we there were some rules, and if you could have done them, you could have been holy, but you can't do them. The Bible says all men have fallen short of the glory of God. All men have sinned. And so you couldn't do the 10 rule. Eve couldn't do one rule, but you couldn't do the 10 rules in the Old Testament. So now we had to have, you know, all kinds of stuff. And 
the, the way you're going to get ahead and the way you're going to have victory if you're doing anything for the Lord is by grace. You're not going to be able to boast and say, look what I did, God. No, 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 no. He provided you a way of escape. He has given you a hope and a future and an expected end. He made a way where there was no way. He's empowered you in such a way to set you free and set you apart and help you become the great thing that he created you to be. But he's going to get the glory for it. Because what it says here next to them, and then they're thinking, well, Abraham's our father. We already got this. We're saved by grace. Yes, you are. But let me tell you the key here. It says in verse 10, and now also the axe is laid at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree which brings forth fruit is, which bring forth not fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. You know, the Lord told me just when all this craziness started after this COVID thing came up and then all of a sudden all these, everybody's fighting and arguing and all the media has taken sides, which I don't believe they should have done that. I think that was very wrong for everybody to jump on bandwagons and start being Tokyo Rose all over the place and manipulating and controlling the people. And it's just really, God's dealing with it. He told me, and one day I told him, I said, God, this kind of upset me. I saw a news report and a couple of things were said on there. More like when the church was deemed unessential. And I'm like, God, this is kind of bothersome. And he said, this is the harvest of the tares. And I said, okay. So I'm just going to chill out and relax because I'm trying to sow righteous seeds. So what God's doing right now is everything is fully blooming and manifesting in the wickedness of this world. And those things are being rooted up and dealt with and they'll all be burned and they'll all be dealt with. And then the church will be glorious and in power again. And we're getting this paradigm shift that's occurring Um, is going to put us in positions of authority to run the world. And it's going to be glorious. And I don't want you to miss out on it. But what you got to know is that this harvest of the tares is not only in the world. Remember in Genesis 8, I said God, God instituted a law of sowing and reaping. Have you always done everything exactly right? Have you ever gotten... um, self-pity and then sit around and complain. Well, you were allowing seeds to be sown in you during that time. You have stuff growing in you that's causing you problems. So I want to empower you today by telling you, here's what you do. When, when you recognize that you're insecure or bitter or you don't like somebody, you know, all you see are people's problems. Everybody's getting on your nerves. Well, they ought to not do this and they ought to do that. And everybody ought to change and be what I am. Well, you got to vote this way or you're wrong and you got to do this and you're wrong. All that is fruit that's coming from a root that is growing out of you. And what we, what we have the privilege of getting able to being able to do is say, God, I don't know why I'm so bitter. I don't know why I'm being hateful. I don't know why I'm being jealous. I don't know why I'm being insecure. I don't know why I'm, I'm contemplating these things. But I know that's not from you. And I know that it's growing in me because it's coming from me. And I ask you, I repent of that. I take ownership of it. I admit that I haven't always done everything right, that I've allowed the enemy to lie to me or to use me or to to manipulate me. And I repent of that. And I ask you to take that tree out of my life. Remove that tree from me. Cut that thing out. 
till up that soil in my heart and fill just pour your seeds in it. Let me get in the word here. Let me declare the will of God over my life and let me get those good seeds sown in there. I don't want to be producing these problems. I don't want to be creating problems for myself. And he always waits. The enemy always waits to manipulate you by the things he has in you until it's a time when you really don't need the extra problems. You're trying to go to the next level. That's when you're going to realize them. You know, I used to tell a story about... You know, if you if you have grapes and you put them in the middle of the road and you run over them with a car, what comes out is grape juice. If I put oranges in the middle of the road and I run over them with a big car, I'm going to get orange juice. I'm never going to get grape juice out of an apple. I'm never going to get orange juice out of a banana. Every tree produces after its own kind. When I see something in my life, when I'm short-tempered and I'm mad and I'm throwing a fit and I'm flinging stuff around and everybody's on my nerves and I don't know what we're going to do and I'm confused and I'm lost and I'm in doubt and I'm in fear and all these things are actively coming out of me, I have the ability to stop and say, God, cut that root out of me. I don't know when I allowed that in there. I don't know exactly what it is. But you do. And I repent for the way I'm acting. I repent for these hateful things. I repent for being afraid. You know, if the children of Israel would have ever stopped out there in the wilderness and said, God, I'm afraid to trust you. God, I I don't know how to let you lead me. I've got some fear of, of people controlling me that don't have my best interest at heart. Forgive me for that and cut that tree out of my life. Deliver me from that thing, God. If it's not growing in you, it can't produce fruit in you. And the harvest of the tear means that everything that the church is also producing that's not of God has to be dealt with. It has to be dealt with. I'm not talking about your nat- your sin. If you have a problem and somebody's telling you you're going to hell because you're smoking a cigarette, listen, that is just a piece of fruit. That if, if all you do is just quit smoking, you still have the roots growing in your life. I can go out to an apple tree and I can cut off every branch that's producing an apple. I can get rid of the fruit temporarily. But if I do that, all I did was prune the tree. It's going to come back with vigor. It's going to come back huge. It's going to come back with more things growing on it. If I don't deal with the root... The, the tree, if it's still there, I've done it before. I've cut trees down almost to the ground. But because that root system under the, under the dirt is still healthy and strong, it comes back. About 15 trees come back. And so I defeat my own self by just trying to deal with what mankind says is the problem out there. The problem ain't the cigarette. The problem when I started smoking, and this is just an example, the the reason I started smoking was because I moved to school 17 times. I was very insecure. Every time we moved to a new school, I got picked on and, and kids were mean. And I had to learn how to defend myself. I had to look tough. I had to learn how to cuss. I had to learn how to smoke because I was scared. And during that time, the enemy put those things in me. He, he sowed seeds in me. You know, every school I went to, one year I'm a cheerleader, one year I'm a cowboy, one year I'm a hard rock and roller, one year I'm a punk rocker. Whatever school I was at, whatever they were doing, I had to become it. 
I had insecurity after insecurity after insecurity. I had all this junk growing in my life. And I had to say, God, it's in me. Please remove that. I repent for ever allowing the enemy to lie to me. That's the problem. It's the roots are the problem. It's not the fruit. As soon as I got delivered from insecurity and being afraid of my friends and worrying about what they thought about me, I I, I didn't even have to quit smoking. Smoking quit me. Once I dealt with what was going on inside of my life, the bad fruit disappeared. You know, if you cut the root out of the ground, it ain't going to produce no more fruit. That is not going to be your problem. The problem is you're not cutting out the root. You're cutting out the fruit by just trying to act like you got it together. That's religion. And you're going to get you're going to get run over. I mean, that ain't that ain't no way to live. You can't do it long term. I know so many people who went to church and tried to serve God and was trying to do everything right. And they were trying to do everything right and they were trying to do everything right. And then all of a sudden one day they just they lost it. And then everybody at the church snubbed their nose at them because everybody in that church is also just trying to maintain. None of them are doing it for real. None of them are walking in peace and love and unity and faith and hope and producing the fruit of the Spirit because they're not dealing with the roots. They're all just master fruit haulers, but they're not dealing with the root. The root is true repentance, not just saying, oh, I'm so sorry, God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me of my sins so I can go to heaven. If you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. You're going to go to heaven. That's not the issue. The issue is Jesus prayed that we would not be taken out of this earth. Jesus prayed, Father, keep them here. This is our heaven. This is our domain. This is our garden. This world is ours. The reason we're not living like he says, my kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The earth should look exactly like heaven. We don't have to go to heaven to live a victorious life. We can live a victorious life right now. If we would gain knowledge, the Bible tells us my people perish for lack of knowledge. People don't even know what they should be doing because they're just trying to cut off all their fruit and they know inside it's not working. They're suicidal inside. They're hopeless. They're afraid. They're scared. They're messed up and it makes them sick and it makes them have financial problems and it makes them, and then all of a sudden their circumstances do overwhelm them. That's not the will of God. God wants you free. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever, whatever fruit you're producing, the Bible gives you all kind of lists of fruit. Whatever fruit you're producing, examine your fruit. We're supposed to judge fruit. We're not supposed to judge each other. And when you're judging somebody else, that is a manifestation of your insecurities. The Bible says when you see a splinter in your brother's eye, you have a log in your own eye. The only reason you can see anybody else's faults is because you have a bigger fault manifesting right now. It has nothing to do with them. That's why Jesus said, don't judge. How can you possibly judge if, 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 if you're only seeing half the picture, how can you be the judge? We don't judge people. We judge fruit. And if you'll spend time judging your own fruit, that should be the bigger job. Now, if somebody's lie, somebody lies to me and they lie to me again and then they lie to me again and then they lie to me again, I, I okay, wait a minute. 
They have some kind of fear of telling the truth. They're afraid of what people are going to do or how people are going to respond when they tell the truth. They don't know if they can handle it, so they lie. So I judge that fruit. Okay, I understand the person has got a seed that was sown in their life. They're producing a tree that they probably don't want. Honestly, they know they don't want to have to live like that. But I'm not going to be able to help them get free from it by telling them, you shouldn't lie. Well, duh, I think they're aware of that. But I should judge the fruit and say, yeah, they're struggling with something. I just, I know they mean well, but I'm just not going to, I'm not going to listen to what they say because it's probably a lie, but I love them. Now that's exceptional. That's an accepting, um, acceptable way to discern things, but you should be judging your fruit. When you get mad and throw a fit and you're just being crazy, you need to stop and you need to go in your room and you need to sit down and you need to ask God, God, why am I acting like this? What is the root in my life that's producing this fruit? Because self-control is a fruit of the Spirit and I should not be throwing fits in my house at my children and my husband and my, you know, whoever. I shouldn't be hollering at the dog. And let God show you Repent of that thing. Ask God, God, cut that out of my life. I don't want that in my life. I don't know how it got there. And maybe he'll reveal to you how it got there. Man, I'm so sorry. I was feeling sorry for myself that day. And I allowed that thought to be sown into my life. Forgive me for that, God. Cut that thing out of my life. I curse that tree at the root. I command that sycamine tree to be plucked up from the root and be cast into the sea. And get that thing out of me, God. And after you do that, then say, God, please sow your seeds in me. Sow seeds of righteousness in me. Sow seeds of peace and love and joy into me, Lord God. Sow your word. Sow seeds of prosperity. Sow seeds of health and healing. Sow seeds of good relationships, Lord God. Sow seeds, Lord God, of compassion and understanding. I want to be that person you want me to be, God. But you're going to have to produce that tree in me, Lord God. Your word is going to have to have a work in my life and make me a person that you can use to change this world, God. And let God have a work in your life. Right now, more than ever, this is the day. This is the time. Don't waste one more minute being stuck somewhere, trapped by an enemy that's trying to put limitations on you when God provided a way for you to be able to get delivered. Amen? Listen, I love you guys. I'm gone over my time a little bit, but I just want to tell you, I pray God bless you big. And I want you to have a good week and I will see you again next time. I'll talk to you later.